Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ASF Weekly Science Podcast. I'm Alicia Halliday, and today is 420-2020. Today, we're going to take a bit of a deviation from talking about COVID-19. First, science goes on. Progress should not stop because of this public health emergency. And second, we still want to continue to share scientific discoveries that are meaningful to families. One of these new studies answers a question that families have been asking us about. The question is, how likely is a family member to have an autism diagnosis if there's already someone in the family who has a diagnosis? Well, within a generation among siblings and half-siblings and cousins, this question's been answered. We know that siblings of a person with ASD have a 20% chance, 15 times more likely, in fact, to have a diagnosis themselves. Even without an autism diagnosis, about 30% of them have a higher probability of experiencing developmental delays, language problems, ADHD, and other challenges. Half-siblings and cousins also have an increased probability of autism, but of course, not to the same level that full siblings have, obviously. And as usual, the increase in males versus females, with more males being diagnosed, pervades these numbers. So what people have not looked at so far is that next generation. People with autism diagnosed 20 years ago or earlier, of course, may be having children and their non-diagnosed siblings are growing up and having children as well. And while these original parents once asked what's the probability of a sibling having an autism diagnosis, now they're asking, what about my grandchildren? What about the kids of the non-diagnosed siblings? In other words, what's the probability of a diagnosis at infants if your aunt or uncle, and that could be on your mother's side or your father's side, also has an autism diagnosis? As you know, ASF has been very interested in this question and funded Natasha Maris from the Washington University School of Medicine to look at these numbers in the Interactive Autism Network. What they found were interesting results, but they realized they needed to gather even more data So they turned to one of the Norland registries. You know I call this Norland, Sweden, Finland, Norland. Sweden in particular, who has a registry of everyone, their diagnoses, their relationships, medications they've taken, and who could link the presence of autism in a person with the rate of autism in their nieces and nephews. It's one of the few countries that can do this. So imagine a family. Jesse, who's a boy, Jack, who's a boy, and Jane are all full siblings. Jack has autism. Jane does not. Jane has a baby with her partner. What is the probability that Jane's child will have autism? Now, this is a question that people like Jane have been asking, and Jack, Jane, and Jesse's parents have been asking about this too. I, for one, am not insensitive to the issue of whether Jack and Jane and Jesse's mother would be comfortable working with Jane, who is their daughter, or with potentially Jesse's partner, who is a daughter-in-law. It's not easy, it's not straightforward, and relations between grandparents and in-laws is not simple. The goal here is to have everyone understand autism better from the earliest signs so that support can be made as soon as possible. Well, first things first, in this Swedish registry, was there an increase in probability of autism in Jane's child since Jack has autism? And would it matter if the child was Jane's or Jesse's, who's an uncle? The answer is yes and yes. But instead of listening to me, luckily, the architect of this research question, Natasha Maris, is here to answer these questions. 
Dr. Maris, why did you decide to study the link of autism in nieces and nephews? What was the previous data on the topic and why use the Swedish database? We used existing data from the Swedish National Patient Register and the Multigeneration Register. These data were particularly helpful for several reasons. They tracked multiple generations of relatives in the general population, which reduces bias that can occur in clinical populations, and they systematically tracked information on psychiatric diagnosis. Using this sample, we first asked whether women with an ASD-affected sibling were more likely to have children with ASD compared to women without an ASD-affected sibling. We also examined whether the male bias for autism among these nieces and nephews of affected individuals was increased, since we would anticipate this with a female protective effect. So I've already released, I've already said this, the cat's out of the bag, but was there an increased probability of the nieces and nephews and what were the numbers behind that? There was an increased probability of autism in the children of mothers with a sibling with ASD. This was estimated to be a relative risk of about three, meaning that these children had three times more cases than children of mothers without a sibling with ASD. Given this is a general population sample, we can informally estimate that if baseline population prevalence for ASD is about 1.5%, then the prevalence in children of mothers with ASD-affected siblings is about 4.5%. Although this represents an increase, it is reassuringly not as large as anticipated under the female protective effect in which these mothers could have masked an unexpectedly high degree of liability. Rather, the relative risk corresponded to what has been generally observed for ASD recurrence in second-degree relatives of affected individuals. As for the probability of ASD in the male and female children, meaning the nephews and nieces of individuals with ASD, we found that the relative risk increases were about the same for both sexes, which was also not what we predicted for the female protective effect. So was it there a difference if the aunt or an uncle had ASD? No, there was not a difference based on whether an aunt or uncle had ASD. We had anticipated that under a female protective effect, we could have observed increased relative risk when a maternal uncle had ASD. And what about if the siblings was from the biological mother's side or the biological father's side? I know I have aunts and uncles on my mother's side, and I also have them on my father's side. The probability was not different in this case either. In our parallel analysis of children of fathers with and without a sibling with ASD, estimates of relative risk were similar to what we observed in our analyses of the mothers. Our findings suggest that the increased risk in nieces and nephews of individuals with ASD does not differ based on whether the mother or father has a sibling with ASD. So what does this say about the children of siblings of people with autism and what public health officials should know? Children of siblings of people with ASD are at moderately increased risk of ASD compared to the general population. This increased risk does not differ depending on whether it comes from their mother's or father's family or whether it involves an uncle or aunt with ASD. Also, for mothers with a sibling with ASD, 
risk to their male versus female children should follow the three to one sex ratio for ASD. Dr. Maris, you're actually an MD. What should you do if you have a sibling with ASD and you decide to have kids? Are we talking early evaluation? Are we talking about family planning? What do you think? Because there is evidence that early intervention can improve outcomes in young children with ASD, it is important to be aware of early signs of delays starting in the first year of life. This is true not only for abilities most frequently impacted in ASD, such as communication, but also for other behaviors, such as motor skills, which have been linked to ASD in other research. If a parent notices their child is not making expected developmental progress, they should tell the pediatrician promptly, rather than waiting to see if the child improves, given their child is at a higher risk of developing ASD and the delays are more likely to be persistent. Responding early to any concerns will give the child the greatest opportunity to benefit from developmental support. I want to thank Dr. Maris. There are very important findings and too important to hold off until after whenever this corona emergency is over. This means grandparents should get involved. It doesn't mean grandparents need to micromanage anything, but becoming involved in helping your kids who have kids is essential. Hell, my mother was more than involved, and while I wouldn't have loved it if my husband's parents were pushy, I think it did help in the process of diagnosis. But we still need more information on this. Are the signs and symptoms of ASD different in this next generation? Are they seen as early as in direct siblings? How can they be seen? Are there any other specific factors that might influence that diagnosis in the next generation? I also want to acknowledge that families are complicated, and this study only looked at full biological siblings. Many families have half-siblings, and an ASD diagnosis is involved. So that's one limitation, but no study is going to have all the answers. The study itself focused on the female protective effect. Even though there was not a significant difference between the rate in children if the mother's side was affected versus the father's side, it was still a difference that hints of the female protective effect, but it wasn't statistically significant. I have to say it's hard to see this sort of effect with even more numbers, even in this large registry study. While the study itself focused on the female protective effect, I really want the main message here to be, what are some more actionable things that grandparents and parents can do now, which is linked to the probability in that next generation. Thank you guys all for listening. I hope you're all safe, that your families are healthy, and you get through another trying week during social isolation. Talk to you next week.